We're sending off February in style. With the leaf here. I got my snow broom here. I made a nice post about the weather, but it's snowing today. But we are talking about a few things. What do customers actually value in the buying process? And who is the best? Who? Who? What? I got thrown off. Who? What is the most efficient vehicle? We're going to settle this dispute once and for all. Is it ice? Is it EV? Is it hybrid? Is it hydrogen? I mean, maybe not once and for all, but for right now. Anyway. For at least now. We're going to talk about what it is right now. I made such a nice post about the weather earlier in the week. Me sitting outside, sun shining, 60 degrees. And Yo, this morning. My in shorts and short sleeves right now. Two days. Yeah. What, what's the weather this for you? Morning, oh, bro, it was 28 here. So like, <laughs> okay, I don't feel as bad. This morning, they wanted to go bird watching because they're studying birds in school. And uh-huh. this morning, they've got like hats and gloves. And You're like, good luck. The birds ain't like, even out to date. <laughs> Oh no, no, they were out today. Like I, th- once the birds come to Nashville, like mid February, yeah, yeah. they just stay. So we had like a cardinal yeah. and a blue jay and a little, uh, like one of the little, uh, like you know, house birds or whatever Chickadees. they are. Yeah, you guys. They, yeah, so they were all floating around this this morning. We, so. we haven't was, seen we haven't seen a single one yet. They'll get here. I don't even soon. know what birds look like anymore. Basically, <laughs> I know they've forgotten. They'll be here. They'll be back in a month. They're making their way up from Nashville. Um, right. They're coming yeah. up from us. <laughs> Speaking of things coming up soon, uh, hey, we mentioned it once or twice. The SodaCon May fourteenth through seventeenth. May fourteenth through seventy, Baltimore. Yep. We have fifty plus speakers. Auto dealer association representation, um, industry partners, music, uh, the whole experience is coming in hot into Baltimore, New York, just south of Baltimore, New York, Eh, Baltimore, Maryland, just south of that. A couple other things going on there. Will Gadara, keynote speaker. I don't know. Do we have slides for this stuff? I thought we had slides. It's going to be so good. Nathan was like, our producer was like, I have all these slides for a soda cup. You guys never talk about it. And then now, now we're talking about it. We, okay, here we go. We're going to preview all the slides today. We have Will Gadara. Look at us. We're official. New York Times bestselling author of Unreasonable Hospitality. This book has been catching fire over the last two years. Um, and he was just on the Jimmy Fallon show like a couple weeks ago. So we're going to have him live at a soda con. You have to come meet him. You have to read the book. It'll change your life. Ties into one of our stories today. We also, OCAN, Women of Color Automotive Network, is having a breakfast meetup at a soda con on May 15th. If you're a Wokan member, reach out to the Wokan people. We have a special code just for you. Um, what else is happening? What's what's the next slide? Man, effective is is doing the podcast uh, stage. Oh, we're firing that I think back we've up. Got over 20 podcasts that we're scheduling across uh, the couple days there. And we're doing a little bit different. That stage is going to be something that you can not just like uh, innocent bystander, but it will 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 make it a presentation thing where the where the conversations can be heard throughout the hall. Um, it's like a so it's, it's almost like a that. session stage. It's it's basically a session stage. And what I love, I mean, those are the podcasts I literally cannot wait. Every year, I listen to every one. I, I listen to every single one, and they are really good. They're they're some of our best podcasts of the year to be quite I, it's honest. It's so it's so yeah. funny how that works out. Um you can go actually listen to some of them from last year and the year before a Sotucon sessions, a Sotucon sessions search it on Apple, Spotify, whatever and check out a couple of those because they're fantastic fantastic podcasts. Uh, I think that's all we have to talk about on this bonus year. It's like a bonus episode. Oh. Right? Bonus year. We also have a bonus episode of Auto Collab so you can search that uh there's yes. a whole bunch of bonus today you know yeah just auto collabs is who john is where are we at john foley, john foley. put the, put the slide up 
Right. Nathan's got all these slides ready, and we talk yes. so fast that we never get to use them. John Foley, uh, founder of Recharged, great story circulating on the internet right now of how the idea for Recharge actually started at the first DeSotoCon. Oh, and now it's a reality. He's rocking and rolling. You got to check him out. So uh, yeah, check the podcast Auto Collabs wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's talk about some news. Uh, these are some fun ones. So you may very well be surprised to hear that the most efficient vehicle you can drive still has an ICE engine in it. Record scratch wow. right there. New EVs can't. <laughs> new EVs still can't beat the efficiency of plug-in hybrid like the Toyota Prius Prime, which came up number one on the list, outperforming the la latest fully electric vehicles in the U.S., holding on to the title spot as the greenest car. Um, wow. Despite the rise in EVs, no one can beat its efficiency thanks to the, you know, the small size, the lightweight, it's just an efficient vehicle. So this all comes wow. from the Greener Cars Report of 2024. You can link to it in the show notes to see the whole list. Um, it leads with a green score. I don't know what comprises this green score, but I trust it, right? 71 out of 100, assessing emissions uh, from men, from how it's made, which is well, that, important. That's the trick, Yes, I think. That's a is, massive trick. It goes all the way from how it's made to its life cycle. Yes, So key. It's, it's everything involved in how that vehicle is impacting emissions from how it's made. I to love how it. It's delivered. This, to is how, the, this is a yeah. rational number. Right, this, this is, is exactly a rational it. metric. Yeah. For reference, so it scored 71 out of 100. Uh, to compare, the EV Hummer scored 26. Wah, wah, wah. So the Mercedes-Benz <laughs> AMG G63 had a, it was the lowest score at a 20, which you oh. would expect, right? It's a performance I mean, vehicle look, that, that sounds like a lion fast, trying right. to get out of a cage, <laughs> right? Um, but the, the EV Hummer, only scored a 26. While the middle of the list uh, was like Toyota, Toyota Sienna Hybrid. Hats off to you, Kyle. You got one of those right hey. in the middle. And the Lexus ES300H, which scored a 59. And basically, this study is meant to challenge the assumption that a full EV is actually better for the environment. Those are fight yeah. words for some people right there. Kind of interesting. You know, the LEAF score is extremely high on that. So uh, so that's pretty strong. There's also, some gas the cars that score ahead of a lot of EVs. Yeah. I mean, the Mini uh, scores uh, ahead of uh, some EVs. Straight the Hyundai Elantra, yeah. Elantra Hybrid um, is up there. Uh, Toyota Camry Hybrid, the Toyota Corolla Hybrid. I don't know if you can notice kind of a trend <laughs> the t t there's a th there's a theme to the top 12 list <laughs> I, I feel like I, I feel like everybody in the world has just pinned us as like these like i don't know like toyota pays us off or something that's not that'd the be, case but that would be great <laughs> I, hey if you're from toyota and you want to pay us we'll talk about you no more. they're like great. why do we need to pay <laughs> Right, if I'm telling you, I'm like, no, nah, just keep so doing what good. you're doing, boys. Hats off do to you. Do what you do. Yeah. Uh, yeah so uh, I think I think it's I think it's a really cool study. It's great. Yeah, and it's it's a rational study, and I think it just falls and drops at the right time when everyone is kind of like it's this EV pause moment where everyone's saying like, hold on a minute, what are we actually doing here? Right. Who are we actually helping? What's the actual purpose of doing this stuff? Is it rational? Do the consumers want it? And this is just like another uh, important texture to that conversation. Speaking of important textures, the conversations. Mm. This is a good Segway. one. Time. You and I, really want, you and you know? I know a couple of dealers that are a little passionate about this one. Uh, a recent survey reveals the dealership experience significantly influences car buyers, boosting their confidence. Yes, the building 
like in the building, right. uh, boosting their confidence in the purchase decisions and impacting their vehicle choice. So change-ups no. surveys found that 84% of car buyers felt their dealership visit influenced, I like the way they use the word dealership visit, influenced their buying decision with 90% gaining confidence after or during the visit in their choice based on the experience. This highlights the crucial role Whoa. in the car buying journey that's not just transactional, but it's also personal, holistic experience in person. And most surprisingly, this surprised me, millennials and Gen Z, Gen Z shoppers in particular value the dealership visit very highly with a significant percentage unsure of their choice until visiting in person. Here's a quote from Lee Carpenter of ChangeUp. says, the dealership is so much more than just a transactional space. You know, it's like she stole the words right out of our mouths. I don't know. She could have just like said it's so much more than cars. You know, just she could have done it. I thought she could have done it. Uh, but here's here's what I love about this, and and we were talking about this probably early last summer when, uh, particularly like malls and shopping centers were noting a higher uh, traffic count, specifically from millennials and Gen Z shoppers. So there's this uh, there's this clear path to those shoppers uh, uh, wanting more of an in-person experience in, in all of their shopping behavior. This is what's key to this. And I, th I think like we always see this in all of culture is that the youngest buying power typically influences broader culture. So if mm -hmm. millennials and specifically Gen Z are looking for more of that in-person interaction, we're seeing that more across all bands of shoppers. And, and it's clear like, at post-COVID, there's a recognition that in-person experiences, understanding who the people are that are working with you, that are that are helping you experience your buying journey, is extremely important to everyone. Um, I actually uh, I had a, a buddy visit an Apple store last night and was just texting me like, "Man, you just when you go in there, it's it's this experience that you." actually start to get excited about as you as you walk in even just the way they're dressed the way that everybody presents themselves and so like that lining up to the way that dealerships craft an experience and and acknowledge the fact that people want that they're not afraid of it is really cool i i hope that oems lean into this concept not just in like building a palace right? That yep. is a brand icon, but really ah, getting intentional beast. about the flow, the, the way people are treated, like thinking with a hospitality mindset in and out, right? There's so much opportunity to make the dealership experience like the Apple experience or like the best yeah. experience. It's so much more visceral than an Apple store experience, right? Cause oh, let's get together and look at a little screen, right? Yep. Like that's exactly, exactly what we're trying to get our kids not to do. But the dealership, yeah. you're visceral. There are cars in the showroom. There's there's height to the ceiling. There's space. There's food. There's, you know, there's all of this stuff. It could be an amazing, well, it is an amazing experience in some places. Yeah. I just still think we haven't found the right, the, the really right retail experience. Nope. I haven't seen I that come out. A couple of like the high line new EV automakers are trying to kind of do this boutique type thing. Yeah, but I but think that's it actually not mass goes market. too far. Yeah. I think it goes too far. Yeah. But there's somewhere me in the middle that that just becomes like you, you know not a giant shoebox with cars in it yeah right and and i think that's what a lot of them feel like right now for like sure we could do better as an industry which is why it's i really take... want to get the team from praxis on and like 
like figure out that conversation. I've been chatting with them. We're going to get them on a podcast yep. uh, because they're doing some of the most innovative stuff in dealerships across the country. Yeah, Matthew Groden yeah. comments in the live stream, except no one is trying to sell me anything at an Apple store. Fair point. That's a, and well, da, 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 okay. Da. What was the last? Time I you disagree got with that statement. I'm going to go ahead and like with the person on the lives. I'm going to okay. say Matthew. Like, I actually think everybody there is trained to sell you something. The 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 there's one word. Except nobody. It feels like nobody is trying oh, to sell me. Oh, that's an in interesting nuance. But the fact that they all have checkout machines on their hip. Is very clear. Everyone is stated. ready to sell Everybody you something. Everybody is ready to sell you something right there. Yep. And we put this in there. You also know exactly what it's going to cost. Oh, just whisper, right there. Just whisper right that on one. It. It's, it, I know it's complicated, guys. I know it's complicated. Um, yep. But hey, back to the experience. <laughs> he said, he um, said, Matthew said, they will sell me something. Well, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but the pressure is different. Um and so we could just keep going on that topic, but back to the, the the actual experience in the show, the the building, the space, really an increase in OEM dealer collaboration on this. Absolutely. I think like who are the best operators and how can you start to model stores after the best experiences that dealers are giving? And then let's take it another level. Let's go. We're trying to see the full circle. Uh, speaking of things coming full circle in just 24 hours. Segway. Time. Everybody was up in arms yesterday because Wendy's was straight up stirring the pot with its announcement of <laughs> dynamic menu pricing uh, strategy that could change how we pay for fast food. Uh, but there's been a couple clarifications on how they're going to use their new digital menu boards uh, based on some of the blowback from yesterday. So uh, initially they, they stated that they were going to test dynamic pricing potentially adjusting the cost of items like Dave's single base, uh, single based on demand with a $20 million investment in their new digital menu boards. Um, a bunch of critics, consumers, uh, social media champions <laughs> came out to express their concerns over the fairness and reception of fluctuating prices, uh, drawing parallels to failed experiments like Coca-Cola's temperature-based pricing and the potential for perceived price gouging. Uh, after the backlash, they they clarified that they weren't intending to do surge pricing oh. during peak hours, um, reassuring that customers is uh, it's not the goal um, to to have them pay higher prices for when the stores are in more demand or have more traffic, but rather to offer discounts and value during slower times. Um, okay. So uh, CEO Kirk Tanner said they uh, they're emphasizing a strategy as a move toward modernization, leveraging AI for menu adjustments and promotional officer offers aiming to enhance efficiency and customer satisfaction during off peak hours. So, so I, yeah, I, I the, saw the some... one like trigger on this was like at one point they refused comment on the surge pricing they question. Raise... They, yes, they like, exactly. they like no commented on this. Oh, Michelle quotes, uh, jumps in a live stream says if Wendy's does nothing with this, they succeeded at least in having everyone talk about Wendy's today. That's a good point. They're I pretty mean, good at that. They have to yeah. have to land the plane really well. Um, but I think this points out a very important part of the consumer psyche and what people like and don't like that we in the industry can take some cues for. And granted, like our product market-based pricing is something that is a part of the auto industry and real estate and lots of other things. 
but we can, it does tell us that cons consumers are very sensitive to feeling exploited when they have to pay more during certain times and not during exactly other times. Right. So obviously it's a balance beam we have to walk, but I think just learning from this retail little blip on the screen, we realize people are very sensitive to it. They think about it, they talk about it, and uh, they don't forget it. No, no. But hey, Wendy's going to Wendy's, you know? They're always going to make the it's news. Wendy's. It's Wednesdays. They're good. <laughs> great great Twitter account, by the way, or X account, Wendy's. If always. You follow it. Always so, so much fun. Well, look, we got the extra day in February. You have no excuses. This is just gravy on top of the February month. Go out there, sell some cars, give some great experiences, and love some people more than you love cars. We'll see you here in March. Mm -hmm.